I didn't think I had what it takes. It took a while to admit anything was wrong. Diet and exercise sounded intimidating. But small easy goals made it easy to start. Every situation is different. There are many paths to victory, but the end goal is all the same. This is the Weight Loss Podcast with Matt and Courtney, a couple who committed to a strategy and lost a combined 100 kilograms. When it comes to weight loss, you don't just need encouragement, you need a strategy. Hello and welcome to the Weight Loss Podcast. My name is Courtney and as always next to me is Matt. Hello there. And we are very excited because it's December and it's Christmas. You excited, Matt? Oh, okay. I'm excited because it's December and it's Christmas and I'm excited. <laughs> I, I, do like, I do like the Christmas period. Uh, we get some time off, uh, time to recharge the batteries and get things set up for next year. Uh, but, you know, you get over the Christmas parties and all the Christmas engagements and uh, you just want some time for yourself. Yes, that is true. But I love Christmas decorations and I love presents, giving presents, and I love spending time with family. So I'm very excited about Christmas. But that is not the topic of today's show. So let's move on to the topic of today's episode is frequently asked questions. Well, yeah, we, we get lost. Obviously, Courtney and I are personal trainers. We're online coaches. We would like to think we're maybe approaching expert status, but, you know, don't take our word for it. But, yeah, we, we know a thing or two about this. And so, as a result, we get a lot of questions uh, both or, or face-to-face uh, or through Facebook or through uh, email. What's your email, Courtney? Podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com. Boom, all over it. We'll get emails through the, uh, the podcast email address. We get a lot of questions that, while they are extremely good and they're very valid, worthwhile questions, that the, the answers aren't quite so in-depth as to warrant their own podcast episode. Mm. So guess what? We're doing this instead. We're going to do a random weight loss Q&A. So what Courtney and I have done is... We have collated uh, a number of the questions that we've been asked the last couple of months that we just haven't quite been able to give their own episode, to give them the justice they may deserve because it's just not there. And we're going to, um, well, Courtney has printed off these questions and has uh, put them into a bucket. And we're going to randomly draw one out each at a time and we're going to ask them to each other and we're just going to answer them on the spot. So we don't know who's going to ask what question uh, because you know what? Everyone does Q&As, but let's have some fun with it because YOLO, am I right? Right. Right, yep. Right. Okay, so I think it's a great idea, but what the hell would I know? Um, But let's have some fun with it. So we are going to have some fun with it. Yes, these questions are indeed serious and we're going to answer them as seriously as we can. Um, Your mileage may vary on how serious we actually are. Uh, but yeah, the the format, let's have some, some laughs with it. Courtney has just drawn one. Okay. Come at me, bro. What do you First got? First question for you, Matt. Why can't it be easier? <laughs> because it was easier, we'd be out of a job. Oh, wait. Is that the wrong answer? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Awkward. <laughs> Why can't it be easier? Look, I don't know. Are we? Don't we all wish it was easier? Yes. Courtney, do you wish it was easier? Hundred percent. I mean, if it was easy, everyone would do it. We can we can all agree on that, can't we? 
110%. Uh, so, actually, can I give a serious answer to this one? Why can't it be easier? Look at what you're doing. Are you making it harder than it needs to be? I tend to find working with people that often they make it harder through, well, through their actions, their choices, things like what, self-sabotage? Yeah, that's a good point. Telling themselves they can't do it, so then the actions that they take make it actually happen. So, you know, in all seriousness, whilst I understand the whole frustration of why can't it be easier, and I've been there myself, I think we've all been there, really, let's be honest about it. I think rather than look at why can't it be easier, look at what you can do to make it easier. Control the controllables, I think the saying is. Yeah, that's a really good way to look at it. I think why can't it be easier can always be a... uh, Do you think it's a bit of a cop-out, Matt? In what way? A bit of a, oh, well, it's just too hard. Well, it can be for some people because, you know, I mean, the, the whole idea of of getting in great shape and improving your health is a fantastic idea, but a lot of people are completely delusional or in some cases naive as to how much work's actually involved and how you actually need to change what you do virtually every single day yeah. to not just get what you want, but to keep it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and can I also just say, in terms of why can't it be easier, it actually does get easier as you do it for longer mm. and do it consistent, consistently. I think if you look at this process as a diet or turn what you're doing into a diet, then it's going to be as hard as it possibly can because you're always looking for, you know, how, how quick can I get the result? How quick can I change this? And well, it doesn't work that way. No, unfortunately not. So yeah, why can't it be easier? Well, look at what you're doing to make it harder. Yeah. And I think it, I think you mentioned this at the start, Matt, which was, well, if it was that easy, everyone would do it. Yep. And that's just not the case. There'd be no overweight people in the world. Yep. And that is definitely not the case. All right. So I will grab the next question to ask Courtney from our random bucket. What have we here? Oh, it's a long one. <laughs> not the first time I've heard that. Sorry. <laughs> I'm so overweight that cardio is painful. Can you give me an example of doing weight training but getting a cardio benefit? Courtney, no. what's up? I cannot give you an example. And why is that? Because there is no weight training that gives you a cardio benefit. They are completely two forms of exercise. And they should be two completely forms of it, different, completely different forms of exercise. Because you get benefits from them being different. That is the point of the exercise. Well, <laughs> if that makes sense. Can I, can I break this down into two sections of this question? Go for it. Actually, three sections. Three sections. All right. So look at the first part. I'm so overweight that cardio is painful. What cardio are you doing? Mm. So if exercise that you're doing is causing legitimate pain beyond the pain you should get from working out, I'm talking about joints, ligaments, tendons, like just the bad sort of pain, uh, how about don't do it? Pick a different form of cardio. Yeah, so um, Courtney and I have worked with some extremely overweight people. Um, Well, I was one of them. And you'll find that no matter how overweight and how out of shape you get, there's always something you can do. So I've seen it with people that have been extremely overweight where they actually can't get up and down off the floor. Mm. But there's still ways to make them get a, a cardio benefit because getting them to move can often be cardio so for someone that overweight walking up a hill at a, at a slow pace 
could count as cardio. So if the cardio is causing you pain, something is going wrong. I think the also the important point on your your first part of that question, Matt, is to also evaluate strongly what do you mean by pain? Because I know when I was overweight, yes, cardio would cause me pain, but it was just for the fact that I was moving my butt up and down off the ground. And so there's legitimate pain, as Matt just mentioned, in terms of joint pain, like my knee is legitimately sore. My back is legitimately sore after doing that activity. Or there's just the generalized pain of this hurts my entire body because that's what it does. Like you're using muscles that you haven't used potentially in a really long time. So I think also on that note is to really truthfully evaluate what do you mean by pain? Are you talking about, yes, the bad, bad pain, or are you just talking about generalized pain? Because it is going to hurt. All right. So the next part, can you give me an example of doing weight training but getting a cardio benefit? Um, weight training actually does give a lot of the benefits the cardio training gives you plus benefits the cardio can't give you. Uh, so no, don't actually do that. Um, I recommend doing weight training, but getting a weight training benefit because the benefit of weight training, um, can't be replicated no. through cardio. Uh, so I would say the best way to, to break this one down is, Please don't think of it that way. Um, you're better off going back to reassess the cardio that you're doing and looking to make some modifications to actually take that sort of pain away, assuming it is the sort of pain that we don't need to have from exercise. Uh, There's a reason that we don't join them together, cardio and weight training, isn't there, Matt? I don't know, Courtney. Is, is there? there? <laughs> uh, yes, there is. They're, they're, two, they're two separate different forms of exercise. Um and they're, it's, it's chalk and cheese. Yes. It's chalk and cheese. Uh, so no, please don't do that. Um, assess your cardio and get it changed. Courtney, next question, Ooh, please. that's my turn. Okay. Does flexible dieting work? <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Okay. What does flexible dieting even mean? Well, what's the word flexible mean? Flexible. Oh, okay, excellent. So the flexible dieting uh, is where you, you know, take some time off. So it might be, you know, like this week, I'm going to be 100% and I'm going to nail it and all is well. But you know what? Next week, eh, I might just take my foot off the pedal and be about 50%. Does this also go for like something like that five and two diet? So like for five days a week, you're doing something super strict and then two days you're like and eat whatever you want? Isn't the five and two diet where the second, those two days you eat nothing? Oh, okay. I've got that wrong then. Like uh, intermittent fasting. Anyway. I need to no, read up on my diet. Sorry. Yeah, no, 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 you don't. No, you don't. They're, they're kind of a waste of time. I've got you covered there, dear. Uh, no, flexible dieting is when you pretty much just, just float in and out of um, taking care of yourself. And you know what the truth is? Most people, actually, everyone already is on flexible diets. Correct. Uh, it just comes down to how flexible you actually are. Uh, so flexible dieting uh, can work because it's worked for Courtney and I because we we aren't 100% strict on ourselves because that's a load of bullshit. And anyone that says they're 100% is a liar. Yes. Let's just get that out of the way. So flexible dieting can work, but it comes down to how flexible you are. So let's say, for example, Courtney and I, we aim to be 90 to 95% on the money. 
how effective that is, is just how flexible you are in that 5 to 10% when you're off. Mm. So for some people, that 5 to 10% can be a gigantic binge. Yeah. Which can completely undo the previous week's worth of work. So in that case, flexible dieting won't work. If that 5 to 10% that we are off, so to speak, we might, for example, have a homemade hamburger after a workout instead of a, for, for me, instead of my usual omelette with quinoa, well, that's not going to really do much damage because I'm still having a good homemade meal. I'm still in full control of, you know, what's going into my body. I'm just not having a fatty, greasy, disgusting takeaway hamburger. I'm having a mat burger, which by the way, can I just say, are awesome. <laughs> just throwing that one out there. Uh, so yeah, flexible dieting can work, but it just depends on how flexible you are. Most people um, struggle with self-control and restraint. Um, we know that through first-hand experience from our own journeys, Courtney. Yes. That's, that's, that's common. So yeah, it can, but how flexible are you actually? Yes. When, when you go off, do you go way off? If you go way off, then no, it's not going to work. And because... how long do you go off for? Yeah, it Basically, is... what is your definition of flexible? Yeah, it's, it, is, it is a personal thing. Uh, so I mean, when it comes down to it, look, to get great results and get great changes, you are going to have to do the right thing the majority of the time. Yeah. And you're also then going to have to back that up by not completely sabotaging the work you're doing by having weekend binge fests. I mean, you know what? I didn't like it at the start either, but stiff shit, that's the way it goes. I'll uh, read the next question, Courtney. Yes. All right. Uh, let's pick this one. Can all the family eat the same food as me on a diet? Courtney, go. <laughs> Three, two, one, go. Well, I really liked that question up until I heard the word diet. So... Stand back, here we go. I think that this just rolls into uh, the question Matt just had and the topic of diets. We've said it before, I'll say it again. We are not a fan of diets. We are not on a diet. So for a lot of people, that is the only way that they can describe the way that they live. But for Matt and I, we do not describe the way that we live or the way that we teach as a diet. So I would highly not recommend your entire family eat your diet. Because uh, I would not recommend that you eat your diet, generally. So in terms of, you flip this around though and just talk about healthy lifestyle, balanced eating, if we call it flexible eating, like Matt just mentioned in his answer, uh, then yes, I we, we know a lot of people that have their uh, children and their husbands or wives eat the exact same stuff as they do. I mean, you're not talking about anything extreme here. You're talking about that fresh good quality food. So it's what realistically your family should be eating anyway. I mean, you're talking about salads, you're talking about vegetables, you're talking about um, meats, stir fries, slow cookers. You know, these are all just, it's, it's just standard balanced foods. Can I give the Matt answer to this question? Sure. If you are on a diet and your family can't do it with you, your diet is shit. Yeah. Get a new one. It's just unnecessary when you're talking about most diets require you. The reason that Matt and I are not fans of diets is because they require you to cut too many things out of your day-to-day life. Well, there's also the sustainability. So if, for example, you know, mum is doing some U-Butte 
bloody soup diet that she got off Google and mum knows that she would never get her kids to do that, why would you do that? Yeah, why is it healthy for you but not for your children? Common sense must prevail. So yes, if, if, you're, if your family can't do the diet you're on or you wouldn't let them do it, uh, get a new one. It's also not sustainable then in terms of also prepping your food, prepping food for your children or your partner separately. It's just not going to be sustainable long term. It's also not fun. Um, It doesn't feel quite involved. And the best feedback that Courtney and I have got in the past from parents have been when they said things like, you know, my kids like to help me prepare the food. My kids like to help me with the shopping. That's fantastic. That's how it actually should be. Yeah. Courtney, next question. Next question. Is it my turn? Uh, yes. Okay. How do you maintain focus during the invisible success? Ooh, this is a good one. Good question. Okay, so let's let's start by defining what is invisible success. Yeah. Invisible success is when you're doing the right things, you know you're on track, you're making your training sessions... You're eating the meals you're supposed to be or you want to be eating that are congruent with your goals. You know you're doing the right things the overwhelming majority of the time, but nothing's bloody changing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Courtney, have you been through that? Yes. I have too. Um, no, we all have. This is a part of the process. How do you maintain focus, focus during the invisible success period? Me personally, so Courtney, I'll give my response here. I'd like you to give yours because I suspect they might be different. Mm. I actually don't think about it. I distract myself with other areas of my life. So a common thing with being on any sort of weight loss journey is that it can become more consuming and you think about it all day, all night, every single day, and it's, it's, it's a full-time thing. I find that can be overwhelming and can actually drag you down. So I like to distract myself with things like hobbies, mm. other interests. So for me, anyone that knows me will know I have a, a, a slight fondness for video games. Fondness. Slight fondness and a, a, a love of movies, etc. I'll distract myself by partaking in my hobbies because if I know I'm doing the right thing, well, hey, yep. we're onto it. So I, just, I, like to, I like to look for a distraction, a, a healthy, a healthy physical slash mental distraction, to take the edge off, if that makes sense. Mm. Courtney, your turn. Yeah, well, I, I definitely am a little bit different to you, Matt. Whereas I do think about the stages along the way, and it has happened to me in the past where I have got um, really dejected with the whole process because I haven't seeing what I wanted to see or or things like that. But the hard thing is, is that you really have to look and you have to really celebrate the little wins along the way because they really affect the the um, state of mind you're in um, a lot of the time. So I know for myself, uh, where I've always carried my weight is on my stomach, my midsection and around my back. So that midsection of my body is where I've always carried the most weight and it is always the last to budge. So whenever I make any changes to my day-to-day eating, to my workout routine, and I start to drop a bit more body fat, it'll always come off the outsides in. So legs and arms first and stomach and back uh, area last. So very frustrating because obviously when it's your most hated place on your body, 
to have that be changing last is very frustrating. So what I would do whenever I would stand in front of the mirror and ladies, and I'm sure men, we, you do this all the time, uh, you stand in front of the mirror when you get out of the shower or something like that and you'll just give yourself a quick once-over look just to see what's changed. A quick once-over? Yeah. You'll usually do it. Everyone does it. Matt, you do it, don't you? Yes. Yes, everyone does it. But not a quick once-over. So you look at your body to see how it's going because you're putting in all this effort into going to your workouts, into eating good food, and you want to be able to see something happening. So what I would do when I'd look in the mirror, I would automatically look at my stomach area. And this happened for a long time without me even realizing what I was doing until I recognized what I was doing. So what I would do is I'd, I'd stand in front of the mirror and all I would look at was my stomach area. And that is the only place I would gauge whether I had lost weight or gained weight from. So didn't matter that my legs were looking better, my butt was looking better, uh, my shoulders, nothing. I would literally look at no other part of my body, just my stomach. And if it didn't look smaller, then the whole thing was just a waste of time. So that in mind... That's why for me, it's always been so important for me to constantly think about the good things that I'm doing, constantly think about the little wins that I've had along the way, the invisible successes. Otherwise, I will fall back into that trap of only judging myself from, I'll I'll, I'll judge myself unfairly because me standing in front of the mirror, judging myself from a part of my body where my rational mind knows is going to change last. And even if it was changing, I probably wouldn't recognize the changes anyway. But in that moment, I don't think rationally. So I have to look at the invisible successes. I have to remind myself my weights went up this week. That's really good. I nailed my food this week. That's that's a massive win. You know, little things like, oh, my skin looks really good this week. I'm getting lots of comments on my skin. I went to bed early. I went to bed earlier this week and God, do I feel so much better for it. Um, I reckon my nails are starting to grow faster. I haven't had to cut my nails this often in so, you know, so long. So it's little things like that that I do have to constantly remind myself of. Do you mean the 10 signs you're about to lose weight? (laughs) Yes, I mean something like that. Wasn't there a fantastic couple of podcasts on that topic? Yeah, we did do that. Oh, was us, was it? Yes. (laughs) They they were the best. All right, uh, Courtney, next question, please. Wait, no, no. No, it's your turn. Yep. I failed at podcasting. That's okay. No, that's okay because I think I just took over your answer. That's why that's okay. we got confused. I'm used to you taking over my life. <laughs> Wait, let's grab one. All right. Dun, dun, dun. Courtney. Yes. Honestly, why is exercise so important? Honestly, oh, I have no idea. <laughs> I wish it wasn't. <laughs> No, I like that. I like how that answer had honestly in it. It's like honestly. Honestly, why is it so important? Come on now. Level with me. Courtney, did you send that question in? (laughs) No, but it does sound like something exactly that I would write. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. (laughs) I love that question. Uh, Honestly, why is exercising so important? Easy. It speeds up the process. Yes. So you can lose weight not exercising by modifying what you're eating. And with some people, actually, because they start at the stage where they're eating so little and they feel like shit every single day, they've got no energy levels, 
there are some instances where you actually wouldn't start someone with someone with exercise. No. You start by saying, hey, let's actually get you eating food to pick your energy levels up. And I've seen it with people where they've lost weight, where they haven't exercised, they've just been eating more consistently better choices. In or just more than once a day. Well, yeah, more than zero to one times a yeah. day. Uh, so why is exercise so important? It speeds up the process. So it speeds up the process. It's going to elevate your metabolism. If your metabolism is elevated, your fat burning potential is elevated. Uh, but also consider, I mean, I'm not going to delve too much into it because Courtney and I have done some just ask us amazing episodes <laughs> uh, on the benefits of weight training and how to do effective cardio training but if you're looking to you know improve your body shape which if you're listening to this podcast i would kind of hope you are you're only going to get that through weight training in terms of a non-surgical activity yeah i was so going to say body shape is the, such a huge one yeah the, the simple answer is why is exercise so important it just makes the results happen faster but also makes the results more dramatic so I, I know I've seen plenty of people lose weight either doing no exercise or doing just cardio. So it can be done. And I've also seen people, including Courtney and I, uh, lose weight involving a lot of weight training and the results are different. Well, you look at just the uh, the analogy of the uh, sprinter versus the marathon runner. Ooh. And I think you know, there was a picture going around on social media a while back uh, with those side by side. And it's, I think it's just such a perfect analogy to show the differences. So obviously a marathon runner, an ultra marathon runner, is not going to be doing a lot of weight training. They're going to be doing a lot of cardio. Well, they need to be Because that is sport specific to them. Mm. Whereas a sprinter is going to do weight training. Because again, it is sport specific to them. They need the explosive power, especially the short distance, really short distance sprinters need that explosive power off the blocks to be able to get their speed up as quickly as possible. So if you just look at their body shape comparisons, you'll see the, 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 the difference there. And it's a really good image um, to use. All right, cool story, bro. Um... Courtney, next question, please. That's rude. Courtney, next question, please. <laughs> What's that? You're what? You're going to say it? No. Just say it. Just say it. No. Um, we're going to say you're the best. I love you. No, I wasn't going to say that. I bet you were. <laughs> what are some exercises to strengthen the lower back? To, to strengthen the lower back? Yeah. Well, if we're talking about uh, weight training, which funnily enough, we, we are. are. Anything that involves you having to actually balance or stabilize the movement. So the easiest thing would be exercises that you're standing up to do. Mm. So you think, right? Right. Shoulder press, any any form of squat or split squats, uh, any form of, of deadlift, be it a traditional deadlift with a barbell or a hex bar or a stiff-legged deadlift you're going to be strengthening your core muscles and your lower back because you're having to stabilize your body and stabilize the movement. Mm. So in terms of making this a pretty easy answer, um, honestly, 90% 90, 90 of exercises in the weights room are going to help to strengthen that up. However, if there are specific issues at play, as in 
if someone just has a weak back, okay, do some weight training and watch it get stronger. If someone has a weak back as a result of an injury and there's pain present, this is a question best reserved for a specialist because it might be a specific solution. Yeah. So I kind of actually just reversed out of answering the question, didn't answer it at all. Backtracked on that This one. podcast sucks. Well, no, I know what you're saying. You're saying basically if you've just had like, Mate, you know we've had a, a client who's uh, recently had back surgery. Mm-hmm. So I think she had some some discs fused together. Spinal fusion surgery. Fusion. Yeah. So basic. So obviously with that particular client, we have to be a little bit more mindful of her back than other clients. But at the same time, she's doing pretty much very very similar exercises. And she's given us feedback over the last 12 months that her back strength is improving. So it, it, all it is, I think you're saying, Matt, is that any, a lot of exercises in the gym are going to be helpful to it. They don't need to be specifically targeted at the back. No, but they don't. They do, you do need to be mindful if you are recovering from a specific injury yeah. that there are some uh, compound movements in the gym that won't agree with your back. Well, yeah, that's that's where you get that guidance from a specialist if there are you know specific issues at play. So I think we've answered that rather well. High five to us. Uh, my turn. Yeah, it's your turn. Okay, let's get the next one. Uh, I'm going to ask you this question, Courtney, but you're going to ask me it back very quickly. Why don't you just ask yourself the question then? Okay, Matt, I'm going to ask you a question. Go for it, champ. <laughs> Why are you so good looking? No. Is it possible to reverse diabetes? Oh, yeah. This is definitely a Matt question. Considering... I reverse diabetes. Yes. So, yes, you can. But there's probably a big but there, Matt, you're about to come out with. There is a big but. I'm sitting on it. (laughs) You're on fire today. I'm sorry. The term is... El Fuego. Did you have a coffee this morning and not tell me? No, no, no. Okay. The but here is what type of diabetes are we talking about? If we are talking about type 1 diabetes, unfortunately, no, you can't reverse it. You're born with it. Can you manage it? Well, yeah, of course you can. Definitely you can. Can you reverse type 2 diabetes? Hell fucking yes, you can. Because type 2 diabetes is a lifestyle disease, aka you're lazy and you eat lots of shit and you've gained a lot of weight. I'm kind of talking to my old self with that one. (laughs) But it's a lifestyle disease that comes from being sedentary and um, putting lots of uh, poor food into your body over a sustained period of time. So yes, it can be reversed. I've done it myself. High five. Next question. Oh, moving on. Oh, how do you do it? Oh, yeah. Um, Improve your lifestyle. So for me, what I did was just over a a long-term period of time, changed everything that I do. So not all at once, but you know, I started exercising and weight training is a very good intervention for diabetes or type 2 diabetes. And I ate less shit. And I did it long enough where my specialists gave me the all clear and said, you now are presenting signs that look like you've never even had diabetes. Get off the medication. Stop taking uh, your blood sugar reading each morning. High five. Well done. Get out of here. Hmm. And I lived happily ever after. But Matt, just as a follow-up question to that, can it come back for you? Of course it can. Mm. Of course it can. 
So if I go back to my old ways and just start slamming down bottles of Coke, chips, burgers, blah, 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 and I stopped, I stopped exercising and started putting the weight back on, yeah, of course I would. Mm. Yep, definitely. Cool. All right. Last one, I think. Last question? Last one. All right, last question. What is an exercise routine I can do from home and still get results? Go join a gym. And that's the Weight Loss Podcast this week. Thank you for coming. My name is... No, not going to do. Maybe you should just elaborate just slightly. All right, right, okay. And still get results. Okay, the question number one. Question number one. What is the goal? Now... We here at the Weight Loss Podcast would like to assume that your goal is weight Weight loss. loss. (laughs) Am I right? Now, if your goal is weight loss, that means you are going to need, in terms of exercising, a combination of low-intense activities, high-intensity cardio, and, and... Weight Weight training. training. Now, can you do this at home? Yes, you can. Do you have a fantastic home gym setup? You probably don't unless you're listening to this and you're a personal trainer with a home gym. In which case, yes, you can do it at home. For the average person, to be honest, no. I recommend getting a gym membership just because in terms of, it's, it's the weight training in particular. So in terms of the, the cardio training, yeah, you can do it at home. The question there just comes down to, you know, do you have the drive to push yourself when you've got all these distractions at home? Uh, I personally would not, but some people are different. So if, you, if you've got the drive to really push it at home for your cardio sessions, go for your life. You can make that happen. In terms of weights, the real benefit when it comes to weightlifting um, for weight loss comes in progressively getting stronger. So how do we get progressively stronger? Well, we get there by lifting progressively heavier weights over a period of time, which means we need to have access to progressively heavier weights and the equipment with which to lift them with, you know, barbells, dumbbells, adjustable benches, squat rack. That's probably the basics, I'd say, Courtney. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. If you don't have these at home and you're not willing to invest two, three, four, up to $10,000 worth uh, of money to buy that equipment, just go and get a cheap 24-hour gym membership, 10 bucks a week, 15 bucks a week, away you go. It's virtually impossible, no, not virtually, it is impossible to set up a home gym that will come close to matching a commercial gym on a budget. Yeah. So the answer to the question is maybe. Yeah. What a shit podcast we are. It is maybe, but yeah, definitely, obviously, low-intensity activity can be done from home. And probably, and can I say, probably should be. Yeah, get out, get outside, you know, go for a nice long walk, a bike ride, a go swim. Go dog. You know, um, high-intensity activity, yes, can absolutely be done at home. There's a lot of people that, um, you, there's a lot of workouts you can find at home, yes, what Matt said, if you, especially if you're a parent, it can be very uh, distracting to do those sort of things at home. As long as you're a self-starter and can have a, a distraction-free environment. Yeah, but definitely the weight training is where you'll, you'll uh, run into problems. Yeah, definitely. And just keep in mind as well, when it comes to that weight training at the gym, I mean, most people are doing well just to you know start at two sessions a week. 
So if you can find two hours in the week to get down to the gym to pump some iron, then you're good to go. Absolutely. So uh, I think on that note, we'll call it a show. We've answered quite a few questions here, Courtney. Yes, yes. We've got some we've got some leftovers in our bucket, well, that's, but that's we correct. will do those as a part two yep. at some point. Our, our next Q&A down the track. Uh, so hopefully these questions have helped. Maybe you sent one of these questions in mm. yourself. Uh, that's a wrap. Courtney, we're the best. Please tell me. Yes, we are the best. And please send through any more questions that you have. And we will see you next time. Hang on. Oh. Cancel the ending of this show. Where would the questions be sent to, Courtney? Podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com. Yep, that's where you can email us. Podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com. We would like to hear from you. Hope this has helped. See you soon. Bye. Get more free tips, listen to previous episodes, and contact Matt and Courtney at theweightlosspodcast.com.